May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. It isn't lost on me that I stand before you as one of a handful of black or brown people in this parish, half of whom share my last name. It isn't lost on me that in the Episcopal Church in New York, I am one of a handful of people of color who hold positions of leadership or preach in this largely white space and tradition. These are facts, and I hold this truth tenderly today. So while I can't speak for all people of color, I'll honor this moment by sharing with you what is true of my experience. Black and brown people are suffering. We are tired. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'll admit my wrestling of late. In addition to the unfolding of the international crisis that is COVID-19, I've watched as layer upon layer of the deeply rooted systemic injustices that have plagued black and brown people for centuries play out in blatant and shameful ways. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and George Floyd were killed by the other virus we can't seem to get rid of, the virus of racism. This virus attacks black presence and experience, waging unrelenting trauma on its victims. If you're black in America, black in white spaces, it is always there. It's the unspeakable tragedy of slavery, the memory, history, and presence of unjust suffering today, and too, our helpless witnessing of tragic events made mundane the normalization of black death. These painful memories, the spiritual and psychological drama of being black can be exhausting. Their murders, because we have to honor their lives by naming the circumstance of their demise, their murders tell a truism America refuses to face. In this country, black lives so often don't seem to matter. Not when we aren't safe in our homes or out for a jog. Not when we are unjustly treated by those employed to protect us. Today, I'll leverage grace with a word shared in love and without hesitation tell you that enough is enough. These things are true and if I can hearken back to Christine's sermon from last week, I'll ask you to do only one thing. Believe me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go, take a stand against the many and continuous struggles of black and brown people in America. Go, fight for the health of our democracy. Go, under the weight of multiple oppressions and so much death. Well, 
the words of this text, that part about go, the Great Commission, hearing those words as the backdrop of this very tense moment in time have been to say the least challenging. In the past week, I've struggled, I've cried. Because here's the thing, I'm not sure about risking myself or my family so completely. The fact of racism is inextricably woven into the fabric of American life and its effects are devastating and it affects everything. Even my desire and ability to stand up and fight against it. As a woman of color raising a gaggle of children in a world at odds with itself and the reopening of the wound that won't heal, go is not something I want to do right now. Not in the middle of a global pandemic, not in the middle of such division, both civil and social unrest. No, what I want is to be alive. I want for us to be alive. Does fighting for justice mean putting our lives on the line? What of black safety and self-care as a radical statement about my activist spirituality? Beyond the march, beyond the movement, can I tell you that I'm a mother and all I want is for us to survive? How do I do that if I have to not only run the risk of infection with higher rates of death from COVID-19, but also fear for our lives as people of color in protest? It's complicated. You know what's happening. You've heard the news in the middle of a global pandemic, one that laid bare the systemic inequalities faced for centuries by people of color. We have the convergence of all this, these three senseless killings, and rightly so the ensuing protests to the epidemic of racism. Count me amongst the many numbers, the numbers of the many who doubt. Right from the start, my teenagers expressed interest in the protests. They wanted to go, and we wouldn't let them. An emphatic no rang through the halls of our apartment, and our children retreated to their respective rooms. I felt their pain. I did. Their holy hostility, their anger, all of it. I felt it. But fear told me to err on the side of caution. Fear paralyzed me. I asked them to set aside their passions and righteous indignation, their frustration with the tragic loss of black life to be safe. I offered that no with today's gospel ringing, ringing, ringing through my head, reading, ringing, sending tingles up my spine as I read it. Go, teach in my name, I am with you, go. Jesus calls us to, with courage, face the coming of the unknown, knowing only one thing. He is and will be with us. Jesus said he would be with us always to the end of the age. And I said, no. On one hand, I know wisdom is a gift. My concerns over transmission of the virus and the gathering of large groups of people are real. My worries over lapses in physical distancing are valid, but at the heart of my fear was something else. I was afraid of the potential for violence to break out and how those acts might land on my brown children. 
If all hell breaks loose in the streets, will the police grab my son, assault my daughter? Will my children make it home? My worries over COVID-19 are compounded my by my fear for their lives as children of color. That's it in a nutshell. I'd say I'm a lover, not a fighter, but with this, my heart goes into full-on mama bear mode. I want to protect them. And then that unrelenting directive to go and a little whisper, what kind of world am I leaving them to? What kind of world am I keeping them alive for if I don't make every effort within my power to end this? What kind of message of despair and complacency am I sending if I let fear hold us back? As a mother, I'm more afraid of that world, more afraid of that message. Hope for me in that time and in this moment didn't feel like it was enough. In my spirit stirred the desire to go. Black life and safety will always be my first response. But that word go broke through my heart as I thought about this text. And a week later, we went into the messy middle of my worship and doubt, into my fear, Jesus spoke. He said, go, do, be, I'll be with you. So we put on our masks, promised to practice physical distancing with religious fervor, and hit the streets yesterday. And it felt good to pray with our feet, to proclaim justice, to participate in the dream of peace, and to see such a diverse array of God's children with us. The story of faith is told with breath, bodies, and blood. The disciples knew it. They returned to the mountain in Galilee, perhaps remembering Jesus's words on another mountain at another time, maybe back in chapter five when he reminded them about righteousness, persecution, and the presence of evil. The disciples knew the challenge of the work and in that moment, both worshiped and doubted. It's true of us today. Jesus spoke into that wrestling. He named it and said, go anyway. That go in verse 19 is followed by the command to make. It is the teaching, doing, and being part of the text. And in today's context, it's the part that commands we change the world. We can only make disciples by example. The doing and being part is our witness in the world. Jesus says, overwhelm them with that. Overwhelm the world entrusted with the authority of God in the name of Jesus, in unity with the spirit. Overwhelm the world with your actions. Change the world. The story of faith is the brutal story of love as it makes its way among humans. There is risk in the call to go. Read back through the chapter. This is dangerous work. Not all of the 12 are present when Jesus speaks. None of them are sure about so completely immersing themselves in this mission. Some soldiers have been paid for a conspiratorial silence. I'm sure that kind of thing is happening today. Fear and joy are present in this text right along worship and doubt. None of these emotions should cause us to abort the mission. 
In fact, if we hear Jesus correctly, he keeps saying over and over, keep going, go, overwhelm the world with this new way of living, with the change that began over 2,000 years ago, the change that is still happening today. In my wrestling, I'm expanding my vision to see the movement, the word go, and this sense of going as a shift of consciousness in the greater world, a shift for change, one that is happening all around us. What we are witnessing is the crucial and painful beginnings of the restructuring of our society, a society that seeks the well-being of all and says no to the wrongs of systemic racism and injustice in all its forms. A new and courageous, bold truth is emerging and it feels like fire. It feels like tongues of fire falling down, enabling a communication we've not known since Pentecost. It feels like the purifying and refreshing flow of the waters of baptism, marking, changing us all. This time, we don't fight alone or with only a handful of allies. This time we fight en masse in our common humanity. This is the shift, the about face, the turning around in a way that is the transformative work of repentance. To be clear, this isn't a call for frontline employment for all. There are many paths to the justice we seek and not all of them are visible. We just need to agree on the destination and each make our own way there. Find your lane, do your part, don't be silent, don't be silenced, go in the ways you are led to participate. This time we move beyond a one-dimensional optical allyship to actionable and sustainable consistent steps. We march, we write, we preach, we dance, we paint, we sing, we sign petitions, we vote, we tell the truth. We call the thing the thing and shout it down with a collective no. No to racism, no to police brutality, no to systems of oppression, no. The call is clear and the time is now. And this time, for the first time, it really feels like we're in this together. So go, make real the dream of God, change the world, go, do and be, teach by example, be a witness of this unfathomable relationship, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the diversity in that, the unity in that, be a part of that, be that in the world and be empowered by it. Go and pursue with tangible steps and renewed faith all that is good and true in the world. Jesus was, is, and will always be with us. I can't wrap this up in a pretty little Tiffany box. It's too soon to tell, but I am inspired. I pray this transformative shift, this spirit-infused wind, the wind that is blowing, does for you what it's done for me. I pray it gives you strength. St. Peter's, I pray it gives you strength for the journey. Amen.